You're listening to episode number 18 of the Nightingale podcast. I am so happy to share with you all this week's guest. Her name is Nurse Liz. She is a family nurse practitioner. She is a vlogger and she is just an awesome person. So I cannot wait to have you hear our interview today. It is so good. We dive into all the different things, including her nursing journey so far, her vlogging world, as well as just the future and some misconceptions and some areas for change in the nursing profession. So this is a really juicy episode and I cannot wait for you all to dive on in. But before we do so, I of course have to highlight our reviewer of the week. This week's review is so fitting because it comes from one of Nurse Liz's listeners. Um, so this week's review comes from ah one one zero two. One, two, they say best podcast for nurses. This podcast is amazing. Nurse Liz suggested it on her Instagram yesterday, and I have already listened to the entire thing. I have learned so much about so many specialties and fields I had no idea even existed. I love learning about these careers, especially in regards to what daily life is like for these nurses and how their career impacts their lifestyle. Could you make a podcast from the perspective of a NICU nurse, LND, or midwife? Love this podcast. Thank you so much for leaving your review this week. I love that you gave me some suggestions on what you want to see in future episodes, and I have some of those things lined up in the next few episodes to come, so stay tuned. And if you are all loving the Nightingale podcast and you are a listener who is wanting to see some different types of nurses, leave me a rating and a review. And I would love to get you the episodes that you all would like to hear. So thank you so much for leaving your review. And I cannot wait for these upcoming episodes. This week's episode is brought to you by my free guide for starting a new position. You can download your quick guide for five tips to starting a new position at www.thenightingalepodcast.com. Hey friends, welcome to the Nightingale Podcast, a podcast for nurses, future nurses, and, well, anyone interested in the nursing profession. I'm your host, Dakota Falkowski, RN, BSN, and DNP student. Join us each week as I interview nurses from all areas of the nursing profession to uncover nursing opportunities that you may have not known even existed. You can expect to be inspired and maybe even a little bit motivated. The goal of the Nightingale podcast is to encourage you to think outside of the box, step outside of that comfort zone of yours, and reach for a fulfilling and unique nursing journey. So let's dive in and check out this week's guest. You never know, they may just have your dream job. Hey Liz, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks. I'm so glad to have you here, and I know several of our listeners are anxious to hear your journey, so you've come <laughs> highly recommended. Oh, that makes me smile. <laughs> right. I'm excited. Well, thank you. We appreciate you being here. I'm excited to be here. I want to dive right on in because I know we're going to have such <laughs> amazing things to talk about. So I want to hear um, just where your nursing journey started. Tell us a little bit about yourself and where you got to where you are today. Yeah. 
Okay, so my mom is actually a nurse. She's done a ton of different nursing specialties, so I kind of just grew up being very familiar with that role and thought through most of high school, I was like, I'm either going to be a teacher or I'm going to be a nurse. And then my senior year, it came down to it, and I was touring all the nursing schools, and they all the people just scared the crap out of me. <laughs> they were like, this is the hardest thing in the world. Like, you're going to hate your life. And I was like, well, I'm going to be a teacher then. <laughs> um, so I went to school for elementary ed and made it like literally to the first day they threw you in a classroom. And I was like, I, I cannot oh do this. This is too many people for me, <laughs> too many small humans. So, but I still loved working with children. So I kind of changed my mind about a billion times and ended up thinking like, I'm going to be a pediatrician. But my senior year, my school, so I entered like the med search track and did all that. And then my senior year, I was following a resident who happened to be having a really bad day because they had you go in the hospital and like work with these residents. And she totally had a meltdown, like right in front of me. And she was like, never do this. You know, this is your whole life. It's oh ruining everything. Gosh. And I was like, oh, yeah, I was like, oh, my gosh, because she was saying, you know, like, I want to have baby. Like, she was having, I feel so bad for her now. But at the time, I was just like, whoa, whoa, like, this is a lot. And I now, like, now I know, like, I just caught that poor girl on a bad day. Yeah. But she totally changed my mind. I went directly to my guidance counselor the next day. And I was like, I'm not going to, this is not going to be for me. Um, and then I started really thinking about it and talking about it with my parents and my friends, too. Like, I don't know. And just seeing things when I was in that medical school thing, I was like, I don't know if this is like really what I want to do back and forth. Like this is going to be your whole entire life. If I go forward with this path, it just with residency and yada, yada. Um, and I noticed too, when I was going through, I was like, we're seeing people so fast and I want to deal more with people and talking to my mom. She's like, well, it sounds like what you're talking about is like being more on the nursing spectrum. Mm -hmm. I was like, I know. <laughs> so I ended up, applying to an accelerated nursing program at my same school and getting in. So I kind of piggybacked that right onto my bachelor's. So I graduated in May and then started this thing in the spring or the in September. And then that was a year and a half. So I did my accelerated nursing program. And then when I graduated, really, really wanted to find a job in pediatrics, but it was pretty much impossible to find a job in peds at that time. So I took a job at a hospital that had a, it was a huge health system. So there was a pediatric hospital, an adult hospital, all of, you know, one of those gigantic ones. And I was like, I'm just going to take any job I can get. And then hopefully eventually move over to the ped side and get in that way. And I applied to like all these jobs. Don't be, and this is one tip, like write down what jobs you apply to, because I didn't even know. <laughs> I just applied to like 40 jobs. Oh and then gosh. this one called me back and they're like, Hey, you applied to our job. And I was like, uh-huh <laughs> like yeah and she's like yeah it's this floor and I was like I have no idea what that specialty even is I was like mm -hmm. oh my god cool. like great but it ended up being a GI liver kidney failure floor which led to I mean at the time I hated it mm -hmm. um I was just not it was a hard floor I um I was in charge when I was I think I had been out like two months and I was the most senior person on night shift. Oh um, I was in charge. The patient acuity, I mean, it was just like liver failure, kidney failure. Everyone's confused and it's a GI floor. So everyone's confused and pooping. <laughs> and, it was like, and it was just like, what is my life? But now looking back, I mean, that taught me so much about just leadership, using your resources um, 
and just building your team, like having that group of night shift girls, like we were so tight because you had to be, because mm-hmm. it was just crazy. And now there's like super fun, like not funny to the patients, but like inter- entertaining stories I can look back on and be like, that was my real life. Like <laughs> those things happened and like I can find humor in it. But I just also learned a lot about who, like how to be a leader and how to, um, it taught me a lot about compassion in patient populations, I think, because that was a world I just was not aware of. There was a lot of alcoholism, a lot of drug use. Um, and they, like, they were nice, great people that the, it just really opened my eyes to this whole different world that I didn't know. And now I'm super grateful I landed there too, because the patients, it's what led me to end up being a family nurse practitioner. Cause I had, I will never, I had this one lady who I was like a year into working there and I went in and she was just sobbing my patient. And I was like, what is wrong? Like she was there, she was diabetic and she was there cause her toe had become gangrenous and fallen off. And I went in and she was sobbing and she was like, I don't understand why, like they keep saying my sugar's high, but I don't eat spoons of sugar. Okay. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like no one has ever told, like you are never told what blood sugar is and like how diabetes does this and how you even got here. Cause she thought she was supposed to be eating spoonfuls of sugar to get diabetes. And they kept saying, your sugar's too high. Stop eating sugar. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah. And I was just like, Oh my gosh. And I so vividly just remember going home to Joe and I was like, we like these people don't have primary care people that are telling them this. And like, this is blowing my mind. And so that's actually ended up what getting me to go down the path of, you know, like I kind of want to be that for people, like tell them what their blood sugar is and do all of that on the primary care aspect. Cause I just kept running into more and more situations like that, where it's like, you wouldn't even be in the hospital on this floor if maybe you had had a little bit more education or a little bit more guidance from the primary care perspective. Mm So I ended up applying to NP school and got in and then moved over um, in the meantime to the PEDS floor that I kind of wanted to work on all along and ended up there for another four or five years kind of while I did my whole NP school thing. And yeah, then I graduated, oh geez, in May. So almost, wow, like, I don't even know, eight, nine months ago. we moved down to North Carolina and I got super duper lucky to find a really, really part-time job, which was my dream. Cause in the middle of NP school, I had a um, daughter uh, who's now one and a half. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to just be able to kind of stay home with her a little. Cause I missed a ton that first year of her life. Cause that was the crazy year of school. So yeah, now I'm working in a really small family practice. It's me, the physician who owns it. And then two MAs and I work like 14 hours a week and it's, pretty great. Wow. That's awesome. I love your story. Oh my gosh. There's so many things about it. I love, I think it's such a great example too, about how you end up exactly where you're supposed to be. And like sometimes, yes. right. Yes. And that job, I mean, I cried for six months every single day before I went in. Cause I hated it so much. And now looking back, like I wouldn't change it for the world. And that I always feel like sounds so cliche, And because you're like, I wouldn't change it for the world. But like that led me to so many great things, but it really sucked. Like, Mm -hmm. so, and that's something too, like, I just want to, I don't know, that's something I feel like kind of in nursing, a lot of people I've talked to, like, I need to get straight into what I love. And I'm like, I don't know, like, I learned a lot from I'm here because of my really crappy job that like, I really didn't like, but 
And I feel like that's in a ton. Mm -hmm. You think you're going to love something or you think you're meant to do something and yes. then you get in there mm -hmm. and then that's not really want what you want because we only see so yes. much, right? So then it's, it's a good opportunity no matter what. Yeah. And that's so true because I, I, I love pediatrics and I actually went in. I know you're in a PNP program, yeah. right? And I was like, oh, obviously, like after I was like, oh, I'll be an NP. Oh, I'll be a PNP. Like mm -hmm. I love kids. And I got in there and I shadowed a few of them. And I was like, I don't know, for some reason, like this just isn't my jam. Yeah. And that totally caught me off guard because I was like, what? Like, <laughs> I like children. This is like, what is happening? But yeah, it's, it's wild what you think you're going to love. And then you get in there and you're like, oh, no, no. It is. Yeah. And you know, what? I was this like on the opposite. I thought I'm going to do adults. I never thought I'd do kids. I was definitely one of those people yeah. that was like, eh, no, it's not for me. And then I ended up loving yeah. it. And actually, I just oh was talking to a pediatrician the other day who, same thing. They were like, oh, I never thought I'd do kids. And here they are. It's yeah. just so weird. Yeah. I know. It is wild. So that's another one thing that I love about your journey is, like you said, and this is a big reason I went into primary care too, is that prevention piece. And I think that mm -hmm. so many times you see this and you, everyone just assumes that the other person like must have told them. You're like, oh, they've had this yes. diagnosis. There's no way. So that's mm -hmm. the exciting thing about being that provider is that you are like, this is my job to, yeah, right? And so then you can do that, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. And it still astounds me today. Like I run into people who all the time who are like 60, 70, and I'm like whipping out their labs. I'm like, all right, let's look at your cholesterol. And I'm, I've started asking, like, do you know what your cholesterol even means? Like, what is this? And probably four out of five are like, no. <laughs> it's like, oh, like, oh my gosh. Like, Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Let's talk about like why it's important because then I feel like it makes people care more rather than just being like, well, my, I know my doctor yells at me about my cholesterol, but yeah, womp womp. And I think that's the, the thing I love about nurse practitioner and especially about primary care, um, being in family medicine, primary care, that you are essentially trying to prevent them from that hospitalization hospitalization. Yeah. So that's what I, I loved acute care. And I really, that's what I like working as a nurse, but as a provider, mm -hmm. I like the other side because I don't want these patients ending up here if they don't have to. Yes, exactly. You have such a powerful role. Yeah. So it's very cool. Yes. It is very fun, very overwhelming, but yeah, very, very, it's very cool when you think about it. You're like, okay. So how has this transition been in the last eight months? How's it been transitioning into that role? It's been pretty rough. I think I went from the biggest thing was just like, I feel like I was a decent nurse. I had been on that floor long enough um, that I was very comfortable there was nothing that ever came at me where I, at that point, really, I mean, every now and then, obviously, everyone has that thing where like, I don't know. But for the most part, you know, I was the resource where people could go to me and ask questions. And I most of the time could give them or at least show them kind of let's figure this out. And then going into this one where it was just like day after day, all day, it was just like, well, I don't really know what to do about that. Like, <laughs> let's, I have to look this up. I have to look. And it was just exhausting to have to keep doing that. And it really just kind of was a huge reality check of like what like just the position shift from being so good at something to really really terrible at it mm -hmm. um and then on top of that 
like one thing I really wasn't anticipating was you kind of lose your um, like nursing community mm-hmm. in a way. Like on, on my floor, you obviously had all your girls that you worked with all the time and you talk all the time and you kind of, t- I took that for granted totally as like my social outlet or, you know, like this is my, and you could kind of build each other up on the bad days. You had people to vent to. And now it's kind of like, that's gone. Um, and a lot of the nurses that I taught, like those friendships, I'm like, we're friends, but it's different now. And that was something I was kind of unprepared for was like that there wasn't going to be that community anymore in my practice, obviously. And then even with the MAs, like I'm still, they talk to me, but I'm definitely like, I'm not on their level. Mm -hmm. So it's not like they're going to let me write in and be like, yeah, let's chat about whatever. So that's been another adjustment. But the big one probably is just going from, and I feel like they say it all the time in school. They're like, yeah, you're going to go from like novice or expert to novice. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. But I'm like, oh, that's, that's huge. Mm -hmm. That's kind of a blow for how you're thinking about yourself. But yeah. And I think the, just the, like you think that your all of your nursing experience is going to be relevant which a lot of it is mm-hmm. but then it's still so mm-hmm. different it's so different yeah yeah it really is yeah and then I think you get confident in school because mm-hmm. I know I felt like I knew a lot more than I did because I had my preceptor's brain but I didn't realize it and I was allowed to make mistakes there where here and I was like oh man like I really I'm kind of the person like <laughs> I really can't be making mistakes now. So, yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about your role as an FNP? How does it differ than your provider that you're working with? And just kind of what does your day-to-day life look like? Yeah. So as an FNP, I go and I do pretty much when you like primary care. So we're looking at preventative medicine. We do acute care visits. We do same-day walk-ins. We do all of, um, like, a lot of lab reviews, kind of just and treating chronic conditions on a not wildly in-depth level, but, you know, the first couple of steps to try to work on things before you would end up going to a specialist. So in terms of what my role is so far compared to the physician I work with, we kind of have agreed that we're going to see all the same patients, um, but she can just kind of, like, treat them as both our patients. Uh, I've kind of talked with her initially. She, I'm actually the first nurse practitioner that she's ever worked with. Great. So that's been an adjustment too, because she doesn't really know, like, she doesn't have any idea what to expect. And I'm like, and I don't have any idea what to really bring to this. Mm-hmm. But um, I feel like I got really lucky because she's had a really good open door policy in terms of what, like me being able to go and ask her questions. Um, and it's, she's very, she's been very good about me being able to be really honest because at first I was seeing all these people and they were mostly 70 and up and they were coming in and they had like 30 diagnoses and they're on 25 meds. And it took a lot for me to get to the point where I was able to go to her and just be like, I can't do this. Like, Mm -hmm. this is a lot for, this is like internal medicine. And that is like, I think I can get there eventually, but right now, that's just a lot. Mm -hmm. So she's kind of in the last week or two kind of taken to, if I see them, like she'll kind of say, this is exactly my thought process. This is how we're going to tackle this. And for the most, other than that, I'll take um, usually people that have like eight or less diagnoses is kind of what we agreed with. Like I can do that pretty much on my own, manage like 
um, all their follow-up appointments, do their annual physicals, all of that. And for the people who are coming in that have a lot going on, we still work really closely together on that, which I really, really appreciate that's because nice. that's just a lot. And I'm like, whoa, like that's, that's a lot. So <laughs> that's kind of where we are with that. We're obviously seeing a ton of acute care things right now. Um, and then the that's in terms, so that's kind of like what I do in terms of seeing patients. And then on the back end, I do a lot of like lab reviews and reviewing diagnostic imaging that comes back in, answering patient messages, doing refills, like all of that good stuff. Awesome. So like you're, I think that it can be a little confusing for people. And I love that your provider was wanting to take on a nurse practitioner. I think that is, we've Mm -hmm. come a long way with that. That's so exciting. Yes. For the field, don't you yeah. think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was really cool because she only did it because her really good friend also has a practice, uh, and she had hired a nurse practitioner. And then that woman had had a really good experience with it and said, hey, like I would totally recommend that if you're looking to bring someone else on. So I think that's also awesome that, you know, we're out there doing good things and other people are like, yeah, mm-hmm. do it again. <laughs> right. I totally do it again. So, yeah, but that also added pressure to me because I was like, oh, my gosh, like, <laughs> What if this woman's out there being like, I hired one and she's like, no, <laughs> don't <no."> do it. <laughs> You'll regret yeah, it. <laughs> never do it. How funny. But. Yeah, I think too, I think it can be a little daunting for nurse practitioners or students that are going that route to kind of not like try not to compare yourself to the medical students. I know like I go through that mm-hmm. sometimes and I haven't yep. worked with many, um, many medical doctors like as preceptors yet so I mm-hmm. I can sometimes get nervous about just feeling yeah. like I have to live up to something different but yeah they like they love it because our experience is so different and we have a lot of that confidence with interacting with patients that sometimes yes. they don't get on the other end yes and that's been a huge thing that we kind of my physician I talked about early on because she was gonna have me go in and She wanted me to tell this person something that like, I didn't think anything of, but they were not, you know, they weren't eating right and they weren't doing any exercise. And she wanted me to basically be like, you have to do these things. She's like, and they're not going to be happy with you. I was like, oh, I can't even tell you how many times I've told people things and they have not been happy with me. Like, (laughs) that's not even a problem. And she was like, oh, like, okay. And afterwards she was like, yeah, like we were talking about that. She's like, I feel like you have so many other skills. Like, talking to people I'm I go and I do a lot of the um mental health appointments that we have yeah. um just because I feel like in my background like I can talk to people all day and I'm very good in that aspect or I'm good at talking through people and understanding you know why aren't you doing like why aren't you exercising why isn't this happening um and we talked about she's like yeah that's a great skill that I think you learned through you've learned through being a nurse that yeah she said you know when I came out of residency I didn't have that she was like I might have had these other skills you know because I did all these different rotations she's like but I didn't I couldn't talk to people like quite as easily as I feel like sometimes in nursing you end up being because that's all we do all day right yeah and I think it's so unique that even I think I've seen this even with friends and family just the the confidence and the comfort that they have speaking with their provider when um, when you're an NP, you still feel more like you're in that mm-hmm. nursing role. So they do feel a lot more comfortable sometimes saying things yeah. to you. Not that they don't have a great mm-hmm. relationship with their doctor, but they also, I mean, they just feel like it's something different about it. It's so weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And I think part of that, um, cause I've thought about I'm like, why is that, that like that seems to happen, but I think we've just focused for so long in our nursing career on treating the symptoms of the patient. Like what are they actually feeling? And I think sometimes if you haven't been in that training mode of like, you're asking them, like, how are you feeling? What is, I know you have this, but how is it making you feel? Let's work on treating how it's making you feel. Like, are you nauseous? Are you this? Are you that? And I think that's something that isn't necessarily, if you weren't dealing with patients like that on a nurse patient relationship for years, you wouldn't go into it that you would be like, oh, you have diabetes. Like, let's check, you know, like go down that road and look at what we can fix with it rather than like, let's look at your life and how it's actually affecting it. And then work backwards, which I think is kind of a how we tend to approach things. Oh my gosh, that's so good. I've never thought about it like that, but that's so true that I, you see it even like in the emergency department and just even in clinic too, where sometimes people come in, they're coming in obviously for a complaint and we send them on their way and give them kind of a diagnosis, but they're like, well, what about my pain? Or like, what about this? Mm -hmm. This is why I came in. We're like, well, sorry. Like, I don't know. Like we gave you your diagnosis. So that's so good. (laughs) Yeah. Just looking at that whole picture. Like, why did they come in? Like, let's make sure that's Mm -hmm. taken care of and not just throw a diagnosis at them. Yeah, definitely. Funny. Friends, starting a new position is scary. It's frightening, it's overwhelming, it's exciting, it's all of the things. I know, I've started many new positions in my time as an RN. But really, it doesn't have to be as difficult as we try to make it. Through these experiences, I have gathered five tips to starting a new position and making that transition as smooth as possible. I have created a free guide for you as my listeners to make this transition as seamless as possible and allow you to really excel in your new position. So if you recently started a new position, you are going to start a new job, or you know someone who's going to start a new position, I mean, come on, you have to fall into one of those three categories, then head on over to the nightingalepodcast.com to sign up to receive your 100% free copy of the five tips PDF. I'm here to support you through all your new ventures in your careers, and I believe these five tips are going to do just that. So head on over to thenightingalepodcast.com after this episode and download your free guide. I mean, come on, what do you have to lose? So I want to talk about something that I think is so important that you said in the beginning right off the bat is that we tend to scare people away from our profession. Yes. Oh my yes. gosh. Do you have any yes. thoughts on this? I I don't even know. And that's like a huge part of, well, it's a part of why I ended up like kind of going, trying to go into social media to kind of just, I don't know. Like, I don't know why nursing tries to like, not like talk itself up, but I feel like maybe it's a, like a challenging program. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that scars people. And so then we need to talk about it and make it sound like this terrible thing so that we feel better that we're struggling with it. But I, I do not know. I feel like when I was in school, I'm sure I did it too. And I was like, this is, you know, the worst thing ever. And we share all the memes of like, you know, like people riding a bicycle that's on fire and it's like, this is a nursing school. And you're like, oh my gosh. Um, but I don't know. And I don't know why nursing professors kind of do it and just are not the nicest humans. <laughs> and I don't know, but I'm just like, this is, this is wild. And I think the opposite of that is a lot of times it gets really glamorized. Mm-hmm. Um, like, 
when you're, I don't know, I just tend to look through it and people are like, oh, I'm going to be a nurse and it's going to be this like super glamorous, perfect job that's always great. And it's like, my scrubs got a lot of gross things on them. And like, I had a lot of really unglamorous mo- like moments right. and that, that was what it was. Like that was what the job was and I loved it, but it's not, I feel like sometimes what everything tends to make it look like. Yeah. And I think too, like even I just, even out of school, like I feel like we're so even like change of shift. I see this all the time where you're like, people are walking in trying to start their days all good. And you're like, Oh, turn around. Don't even come in. Like this has been crazy. We've had this. Like watch out. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, thank God you're here. Yeah. I'm like, that's the last thing I ever want to hear when I'm walking up to you being like, Hey, I'm ready. Like, Oh, thank God. I know. Okay. And you know, so I am, I'm loving, she's been on the podcast, but Kat Golden is doing the nurses inspire nurses. And I think that is such a good reminder. And that is maybe, maybe a way we can start to shift it is that like, is this inspiring? Because you, yeah. it's so, I cannot believe like hearing your story and just hearing that you were impacted to like in big ways, in two big ways in the beginning of your journey and totally almost shifted your routes like, or, and did, right? Yeah. So yeah. imagine like what we could do if we were just like, just switch our mindset. And yeah. Like, Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to shift. Yeah. You're going to love it. Yeah. And it, yeah, there's so many things with the nursing culture that I just would love to magically go in and tweak a little bit. I know. I haven't figured out that power yet. Yeah, yeah. And I think too, I I find myself even doing it sometimes when people ask, I like ask you like, what is your favorite part about nursing? Or like, should I go into nursing and all these things? Mm-hmm. And there's like so much that goes into it. And like, in the end, uh-huh. I'm like, 100% yes, I definitely do. Yeah. But it's hard, I think. But. Right, right. <laughs> and it's like, but mm-hmm. I want to portray all the other things that go into it. So you don't feel mm-hmm. like I glamorized it either. Like you said. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's like um something that I don't know we do a lot is we don't show the bad sides you know what I mean and then when people go into it they struggle I know I struggled so hard as a new grad because I just had no idea that you know I was like oh I'm gonna go into nursing I'm gonna help people it's gonna be great everybody loves their job like this is wonderful (laughs) and I did not have any of those feelings for a a long time when I first started um because it's hard it's a great job, but there are definitely aspects of it that are hard. And I think we don't like to say, I think too, with like people who don't like the floors that they end up on, like it's almost negatively looked on. If you're like, I don't like this, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go find something else. Um, And I know last week on the podcast, who did you interview last? I did. Tammy. Yeah. Tammy and I talked last week. Yeah. And I loved her thing just how, and I know you guys have both like just switched jobs. Yes. And I think that's so great because I feel like a lot of times there's, you know, just like a stigma to leaving, mm-hmm. um, especially here. And there's a lot of, I don't know, judgment surrounding it. And I I mean, I only switched once, but people were like, oh, you're quitting. You're giving up on these people. I'm like, no, like I'm just like any other field. No one would blink their eye twice right. if you were just like, I don't like this. I'm going to try something else. Yes. But for whatever reason in nursing, they're like, well, like, isn't it crazy? Well, yeah. <laughs> 
Yes. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that is the entire, like a huge perk about the profession is that you can do mm-hmm. all these different things. So why yeah. are we making it negative? Yeah. So I, I want to hear all about your vlog and how you got started in the social media world. Tell <laughs> us all about it. So I got, it kind of started with my daughter. So I got pregnant my right before my third year of NP school. And it was like the worst possible timing ever. <laughs> but um, it's, you know, I'm like so grateful she's here and it's wonderful. But it was in retrospect, I'm like, wow, that was that was a, that was a wild choice. <laughs> um, so I got pregnant and I, I was in the summer and I went to go. It was huge. It was awful, pretty much with all of my professors. They were just so negative about it. And they were like, you need to drop out. You need to do this. Like you need to take at least a year off. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like that had me in a really funky, like bad space about everything. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this, this isn't great. And then, so flash forward to, I had my baby and I was home. I had a little bit more time at home initially because of maternity leave and all that. And I started what I had no idea what I was doing with this baby who was super colicky and really fussy and so I went to YouTube and I was like, you know, how I was looking originally just like breastfeeding tips, like, or just like mommy, like initial anything to help me feel less like what is happening mm-hmm. to my life. And I found all these like mommy bloggers and I was like, okay, I'm into that. So I, I started, ended up like watching all these mommy bloggers. And then I was like, I wonder if there's anyone for nursing that like, and going back to work. Cause then I was like, all right, I'm in clinical. I'm like out of the home so I can relate to these moms, but like, I'm not, I'm out doing all these other things. I wonder if there's other um, like nursing moms that are on YouTube. And so I started looking at all of the, um, a lot of the people that were in the nursing space that I found initially were like young, young twenties, no kids, you know, a lot less responsibility, not sitting at home <laughs> with their three week old, like yeah. covered in barf, <laughs> um, studying for their NP exam. Mm-hmm. So, and that just kind of gave me the idea and talking with other girls in my program who were pregnant or had had babies and they just felt so isolated and like, you can't do this if you have a family was the clear message from everyone I encountered in life. In my NP program, all the professors were incredibly negative about it at work. Everyone automatically assumed I was going to be dropping out. Um, Like my, I think my family thought I was going to be stopping or taking a pretty big break. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, there's just so much negativity mm-hmm. towards balancing your family and progressing in your career or just, like, having a career while you're having a young family. I was like, someone, I don't know. And I couldn't find anybody on the Internet that was kind of, like, going through that and talking about it. I was like, screw it. I was like, <laughs> I'm just going to make one and see, like, no one will probably watch it. But, like, I'm just going to document my life being in NP school and having a baby Um, So that was a big part of it. And then the other part of it was I had a ton of people in my life asking me all these questions about NP school and, you know, how did I apply and what was the process? And I was like, I bet once I had started doing like the me vlogging with like just doing my life, I was like, I bet other people have these questions. You know, if all my people I work with are asking me 8 million questions, like other people probably have these questions about school. So I uploaded a random video about like how I, you know, like what to do to apply to NP school and it, people watched it and I was like, Oh, okay. So, and it just kind of like took off from there, which is totally crazy to me, but that's pretty much how I got into it was just trying to share my experience and be like, you can't like, I mean, I don't know, I guess I'm trying to do it. Like maybe you can too. Don't be just 
try not to be super discouraged by everyone telling you no and not just moms like everyone I feel like so many people have encountered so many obstacles with the world just being like no you can't do that and it's nice I wanted to just be someone who could be like I mean if you want to you can Mm -hmm. (laughs) try go for it so that's kind of how that evolved I love it I love that and I think too it's just so cool to just have that raw video of someone that you can relate to right that's Mm -hmm. not someone that's making this like very choreographed video and like it's you and you're telling it how it is and people mm-hmm. people really resonate with that. Yeah. And that was another huge thing was I was like everyone else I see like their life looks way different than mine. Like I, there's got to be other people out there who have a really boring like I go to work and I come home and I take care of my baby and she makes cute sounds and then we go to bed. Like <laughs> there's got to be other people out there with me. Oh my gosh. So, so I, that was another huge thing. That is so cool. Did you feel like you, across your journey, I know your mom was really instrumental in your nursing career. Did you feel like you've learned Mm -hmm. any like big advice or there was any particular thing that was really um, changing for you in your journey? I probably really early on, I don't, my mom actually didn't want me to go into nursing. She she wasn't handing out any, um, (laughs) uh, she has been very helpful along the way, but she, I think could identify that nursing was she could see the challenges in it I think Mm -hmm. for me Um, and as your daughter like and I can still relate to that now like she knew about you know there's like violence out there Mm -hmm. and nurses aren't always the nicest to each other and I think her protective mom heart was like not my baby like please don't go into that yeah Um, but she's been so incredibly supportive along the way she's been a great person who gets it you know on the hard days when you come home and it was just a really rough thing rough shift like to be able to call her that's been great but um i think the person that i'm sure she has she would have no idea that impacted me the most was i was it was my very first day as a nurse ever on my own and we had nursing students and i got one and i was already in like white face panic and then i saw i had a nursing student i was like oh no 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 so i walked up <laughs> to the instructor and i was like um I-, I can't have a student like i am like brand new like as brand new as you can be and she was like oh no like i'm gonna leave you with her and she told me pretty much she was like you can learn something from anyone you can learn absolutely like everyone has something to teach you and you know more than her so like just go with it and I'm sure she would have no idea how much that impacted me, but that just changed my outlook for so much. Cause I was like, Oh, like you're so right. Like you can learn something from absolutely everyone. Um, and that just totally changed how I interacted with everyone in that hospital. Like all the texts, I mean, the texts knew way more than I did at that point about everything, like everything patient care related, they were way better at dietitians. Like all, everyone I encountered knew more than me. And that was just a really cool thing that like ended up sticking with me forever was this random teacher being like, nope, you're fine. Go suck it up. Like, you know, more than her, <laughs> it'll be fine. She's like, so I was like, oh, okay. Um, and I learned things from her that day and we ended up getting through it just by like muddling through it and it was totally fine. But yeah, so that lady has no idea what impact she had on me. How but cool though. Mm-hmm. How neat. I think that is such a good piece of advice too, that like, mm-hmm. even if you are overwhelmed, if you're freaking out, just take a deep breath, like you're gonna get through it. And you Mm -hmm. just need to shift your mindset just a little bit and just stop telling yourself that, oh, everything's gonna go wrong. I can't do this. No, like, 
you can do this. You have something to teach her like going forward, like just do your best and you're, you're going to be good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is an excellent life motto right there. Right. So I want to hear a big part of the podcast is about just motivation and goals and kind of just moving forward. Do you have any big goals for your nursing career, for your role as an FNP, as a vlogger? Like what are your long-term goals or even um, soon-to-be goals? Yeah. So I think one of my like soon-to-be goals would just be to gain hope. I'm hoping in the next year, you know, I just become a lot more comfortable in my role and feel better, just more comfortable with it. Um, Long-term wise, I think I don't want, like this probably sounds so lame. I don't want a ton to change in terms of my work. Like I went into this with the hope of finding a practice I loved Mm -hmm. um, that I could stay at for a long time and build some great relationships with people. I really enjoy working part-time. I'd like to maybe have another kid or two. So I think that would work really well with, staying you know in that part-time role but building these relationships with patients I think eventually I would love to be able to work like volunteer one day at some kind of a like free clinic I did pretty much all of my clinical and school and federally qualified health centers with people with little to no insurance and I loved that population I tried to get a job in that out here but they were all super full-time and I was like that's just not what I want to do right now but I love that population. And I just feel so, it's just, they're so grateful for anything you can do for them. Um, And I can't even imagine how, I mean, I have terrible insurance, but they have none. So Mm -hmm. that totally stinks. So I would love to be able to eventually do like one day in a free clinic, um, maybe with a student or something. One of my preceptors did that. It was a free clinic and she brought me with her. She was like, I always bring a student and you know, like we go and we do this. And that was just so cool I was like this is so neat like you are making such a difference in these people's lives and in the students lives like because you know, we all know that NP preceptors are like impossible mm-hmm. to find <laughs> um so that would probably be just my nothing crazy but That's- that would be I would love to end up doing that one day when all my future children are in school I love that that's so awesome I think too it's just so amazing that you want to give back to future students because you like you said it's terrible out there it is not to be negative but (laughs) it it is rough yeah it is it is definitely rough so we need all the nurse practitioners we can and advanced practice nurses to just agree to take on students and our lives would be so much less stressful (laughs) yes even I worked with a I feel like we build it. I mean, it's extra work, but my physician worked with a first semester NP student this last semester. So I ended up working with her a little bit. I mean, she got a lot done for me because I could just be like, all right, go in there and do their, like, at least their assessments, like, and then I can just sit here and chart and catch up. And I was like, oh, you're like brand new, like first clinical ever. And she was still pretty helpful. Yeah. Cool. And it's better than that patient sitting in the room looking at the wall. Like somebody's talking to them. Exactly. (laughs) Even if nothing is accomplished, like they were entertained for a little while, which is great. And didn't feel alone. Especially in the elderly population. They like having someone to talk to. So (laughs) (laughs) yes, absolutely. I love it. Any, any future plans for your vlog? Like where do you see that taking you? I have absolutely no idea. Um, 
I, yeah, that's, I have no idea. I think I would just like to continue to try to, you know, show what it's like, because, you know, like you can have a family, you can have a life outside of this. It doesn't have to be all consuming. It doesn't, um, you know, it's going to have highs, it's going to have lows and you can do it. I think that's just the biggest thing. I'd just like, if anybody got anything out of it would just be like, you can do it if you want to. Um, it's, it takes a lot of heart. I think that's what the question I get a lot is people are like, Oh, like, do you think I can do it? I'm like, I think you can do whatever. Like as long as you're willing to put the effort into it. Um, and I think that's just this good message to put out there with all of, you know, people thinking, Oh, I can't, I can't, I can't, but I don't know, just trying to be someone who's like, you can, it'll be fine. Yes. That's kind of, yeah, just, I have no idea where that's going, no. even remotely. So that's the that's the beauty of doing something like that, though, and like having kind of a side hustle and a side passion is that you mm-hmm. aren't committed to anything. Like you're doing it for fun, yeah. and yeah. you're offering something to other people. So take it as it comes, and just wherever it goes, it goes. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be a surprise every time. Yay. <laughs> well, I love I love watching your videos. They are so good and oh, so informative. <laughs> Thank you. So I would love to end the podcast. If you are a avid listener, you would know that I named mm-hmm. the podcast based on Florence Nightingale. And I actually named the podcast the Nightingale Podcast and then realized I had Nightingale bird tattoos on my back. And so it was just super weird, right? Yeah. What are the odds of that? I know. I'm like, this is a sign. This is meant to be. (laughs) And so I would love to hear from you. If you have any tattoos, what are they? If not, what tattoo would you get? Yeah. So I actually do not. I am a highly indecisive human. So I feel like I would change my mind if I got one. So I've never gotten one. But um, I think I would end up getting a wildflower. And one of my, just because one of my really good friends that I used to, um, one of my really good friends, we got pregnant at a very similar time. And her baby was born with a fatal form of dwarfism. and died the day she was born, Um, which the story will get more happy, I promise. Uh, (laughs) She, and the way her parents kind of described her and honored her memory was through, they said she was like a wildflower, like she was super beautiful and here for such a short amount of time that changed, you know, their world and they saw it in a much more beautiful way. And that has kind of stuck with me and shown me like, that's been so true throughout that like experience. Um, Just, it's made me very appreciative of, even if things are hard, like there's so much beauty in everything and we're here and um, like my daughter's here, it mm-hmm. might be a rough day, but she's beautiful. She's here and just a good reminder to enjoy her. And I think that's true with everything, like in my job as an MP and as a nurse, you have, um, there's, it shows you so much that you have to be grateful for because you could be having a terrible day and just go into work and be like, wow, like I thought my day was, you know, challenging and here are these people who are usually so sick and a lot of them just have great attitudes. And you're like, you are finding such beauty in this situation um, that, you know, you can find beauty in everything. So I think just like a wildflower to remind me that even if it's like some really rough, ugly desert, like there are wildflowers that are beautiful and we can just appreciate them for however long they're here. Ugh. So just to live in the moment and love that. That's so good. 
<laughs> it sounds like you already have it. I mean, it's so good. I love that. It did get a lot happier. <laughs> yeah, it did. I know it always starts. I'm like, oh, this is this is not sounding great. Oh, but <laughs> no, so. that is so cool. That's so that's such a good kind of outlook on life. That's so great. Yeah, and yeah, that baby is so. It's not. It's a good reminder too, because that little baby was so loved in like like so many other, you know in how short of time she was here and she really changed so many lives. So I think it's a good reminder for all of us that you can change people's lives, no matter how briefly you interact with them just by being kind and, you know, a nice human. Yes. That's so good. Thank you so much, Liz, for joining us on the podcast today. It has been oh so fun. Oh my gosh, fun. thanks for inviting me. It's been <laughs> great. So can you tell the listeners how they can keep up with you, how they can find your vlog and all of that? Yeah, so I'm on YouTube at Nurse Liz, and then on Instagram at I'm.nurse.liz. And then I think I have a Facebook, but I don't really use that, I'll be honest. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us, and I am just so happy to hear your journey. It's going to be so beneficial for so many people. Yay, thank you so much for inviting me. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Nightingale podcast. If you enjoyed this week's episode, make sure you subscribe so that you are getting weekly notifications when the new episode comes out. And while you are there, I would really appreciate you leaving a review. And maybe your review will be featured on an upcoming podcast. You can check out all episodes at thenightingalepodcast.com or on Facebook at the Nightingale Podcast.